Welcome to Agency Nation Radio Podcast, where insurance professionals turn on the mic and share unscripted stories about leadership, technology, marketing, success, and failure. Stories that help make them the professionals they are today. Agency Nation Radio is presented by The Big Eye and Trusted Choice. I'm today's host, Nancy Germond, with The Big Eye Virtual University and Risk Management. Today, we're going to talk about the middle market landscape and what challenges clients may be facing as we kick off 2024. Joining me today is Sandra Little. Sandra Little is an experienced risk professional who provides customized risk management consulting services to help organizations reduce their risk, ensure compliance, and improve overall organizational performance. She is sought out for her expertise in risk management programs from small to middle to billion dollar global companies. She's an award-winning leader, a recognized national public speaker, and educator in the risk management industry. Most recently, Ms. Little established and is CEO of SKL Risk Consulting here in Phoenix, Arizona. Sandra, welcome, and thank you so much today for joining us. Hi, Nancy. Thank you for having me. All right, Sandra, let's talk briefly about your background. How did you come to risk management? And tell us a little about your organization's client base at SKL Risk Consultants. Of course. I started my career off working as a claim adjuster for ESIS Insurance Services. When I moved from New Jersey to Arizona, I uh, took my MBA. And when I completed my MBA, I thought, well, let me go see what I can find. Went out looking for a risk management position because I was curious, given that I worked with risk management in the past. And I found my first risk management job and launched my risk management career from there. As far as uh, the organization is concerned, the organization was um, uh, established in 2020. Uh, SKL Risk Consultants is the key to financial savings and business success in the risk management arena. We specialize in providing a comprehensive range of risk management solutions and offering a fresh perspective on insurance strategy. Business, as you know, like uh, many others, encounters strategic, operational, financial, and hazard risk. Our innovative methods distinguish us by conducting a thorough review of workflow, pinpointing risk gaps, and identifying opportunities for a competitive advantage. The areas that we specialize in or focus on are retail, hospitality, manufacturing, and transportation, and we have some construction clients as well. Boy, transportation is sure a uh, an exciting, uh, challenging arena right now, isn't it? Yes, it is. And you're also past president of Arizona RIMS, correct? I am. I had the uh, good fortune of being president through COVID. So <laughs> I was actually uh, in that position for several years, and, and now I'm still uh, on the board, yes. Well, Sandra, let's start by defining the middle market in insurance. What do you consider middle market, since that's what we're going to focus on today? Our business is actually focused specifically on the middle market. In my mind, I look at the middle market as being somewhere from $10 million up to even a billion dollars of revenue. Insurance spends can be anywhere from a couple hundred thousand dollars to five or $6 million, depending on the organization. 
And I'm sure that there's a lot of challenges. What are some of the challenges that you're seeing your clients face in today's hard market? As I was researching, preparing for this uh, discussion, Nancy, I came across an article that was by Nationwide. And it talked about, and I am in agreement, uh, understanding coverage is always a challenge for our middle market clients, uh, pricing, claim settlement length of time, understanding different types of coverage and how they apply to the business operation, and also insurance industry technology and how that continues to change and evolve, especially with artificial intelligence coming on market. Yeah, that is a big area of concern. And I think, do you think middle market, they're more and more adept at handling some of those challenges with uh, online premium payment and more uh, getting resources from their carriers? I think in answer to your question, yes. I think that those resources are available from the carriers. They have a lot of information and decades and decades of, of data and history. Uh, I would say that I think a lot of business owners really may not be aware that their carriers can provide them with additional services and with additional information, and therefore um, some may not be able to take advantage of that. I'm sure that's true, and I'm sure you're seeing a variety of uh, risk management information systems that you have to become familiar with as a consultant. Is that true? Absolutely. Uh, claim system, risk management, uh, information systems. And even to stay on top of the artificial intelligence as well, it's it's crazy, absolutely insane how that has evolved over the last six months, the last year. It just continues to to grow and become more of a component in our business and what we're doing. I'm sure. And then, then there's cyber as well. Absolutely. So. Cyber, cyber exposures, I'll say, are really becoming more and more prominent. Coverage is becoming more costly and more difficult to purchase. There is so much analysis that has to go into evaluating an organization cyber cyber risk that it, it can be very intimidating, I'll say. And time-consuming. And very time-consuming. Right. But I will tell you that if you have been in an unfortunate situation to have had your systems hacked, going through all of those uh, functions and operations to get that coverage in place, is, is you'll find it be very much worthwhile. I'm sure. And not only that, you can't get coverage now, in my understanding, this without a lot of protocols in place. So I'm sure you're assisting in those areas as well. Absolutely. Even from the standpoint of multi-factor authentication, you know, in your own personal life, and I'm sure that um, our listeners understand that almost every website you go into now that has any kind of secure information has to have multi-factor factor authentication available for customers. Uh, and that is actually a requirement of the cyber uh, carriers that provide that coverage. I noticed I went to my ATM the other day to withdraw some money, and I don't use my ATM a lot. But when I went, it was multi-factor, and they hadn't warned me. And so I ended up getting a declination and didn't check my phone. So I drove to my other credit union, and about then, the, the multi-factor came in and said, hey, by the way, I see you tried to use the ATM, and we declined you. Is that really you? 
And uh, I was rather annoyed, but in a sense, I think it's probably the way we're all going is multi-factor. It, it absolutely is. And there will be other even back-end protection factors that will be installed to help deter or uh, I'm not going to say eliminate because eliminate will never be able to eliminate the, the threat, but certainly to deter or uh, move it to the side, move it out of the way, move it to the side so that it cannot get into the back end of, uh, of the systems. Well, let's focus for a moment on property insurance challenges. What are the middle market businesses facing on the property side? I think a lot of what uh, middle market organizations face is number one, they don't understand what is provided in the coverage. There's always your building and your personal property, but property coverage also provides for business income loss, also provides for extra expenses if you need to set up your business in another location because of a, a property loss, such as a fire or a tornado or something of that nature. So I think that's that's the first thing, is that we don't know all of what uh, is encompassed. And I think that the market has been very difficult in the last couple of years. We refer to it in the industry as being a hard market or a soft market. We had a soft market for about 17 years. And so when the market got hard, there was almost a whole generation of underwriters that had never experienced a hard market before and really didn't know or understand how to deliver the bad news in air quotes. And so I think that was part of the problem as well. And it really damaged a lot of relationships and made things very difficult. The good news is that the property market over the last year or so has begun to stabilize. And while we still have catastrophic events happening, hurricanes, tornadoes, and such, um, I think that there is a lot more stringent underwriting. So there is a lot more, uh, they're seeing more profits in this area uh, to a certain extent. And therefore, they're able to offer expanded coverage, more coverage, higher limits, and things like that. Sure. Well, I sure hope so. I know Big Eye has put together a hard market toolkit for our agents, and that's been very helpful. But it's really a matter of educating your clients because they, you know, they're kind of shooting the messenger at this point, yelling at their agent. And, um, you know, it's it's a difficult educational process of explaining to them all the factors, supply chain, uh, inflationary issues, uh, parts delays, you know, the social inflation, it's all, it's all there. Absolutely. And even, even not so much on the property side, but on the liability side, you have a, a, what we refer to as runaway verdicts or nuclear verdicts. And that has affected the umbrella and the excess markets. It affects the primary markets. So when these cases actually go to verdict and blow up, uh, it, it becomes a problem for everybody. As we know, insurance is designed to that everybody pays in to support a few that have those losses. When you get these gigantic verdicts, it impacts everybody. Exactly. Well, moving on to um, property and liability renewals and initial placements, what are some of the exclusions and limitations that you're finding that might surprise your clients and you? I think that there's there is something that 
we can communicate to our clients. And that is that if something is excluded under one policy, oftentimes it can be found under another policy. For example, your liability policy will not cover your workers' comp exposure. Your workers' comp exposure will not cover your auto exposure, et cetera, et cetera. Now, having said that, there are some policies and some exclusions that have been established uh, over the last years and very much recently as of COVID uh, that can be problematic for our clients. For example, if you're looking at a pollution circumstance where you have a contamination, you have groundwater contamination, you have dirt contamination, that is excluded under a liability policy unless you go back decades. And then there's a lot of litigation around that particular exposure. Recently, many of the policies, because of litigation that came through as a result of COVID, uh, have implemented communicable disease exclusions. And that is everything from COVID to flu to RSV to you know, whatever kind of communi communicable disease can be found on a surface. There was a lot of litigation uh, under the property policies, actually. Uh, during COVID, uh, people were saying that their property was contaminated because they had to close due to COVID. And so um, I think that's something that as we continue to see more research and science and whatnot developed in the area of um, viruses, uh, you're going to see more of these kinds of things. Yeah, and I noticed that ISOs rolled out uh, PFAS exclusions as well. And you see carriers roll those on, correct? The endorsements? Absolutely. And, yeah. and that's, as we know, endorsements are a function of, of carving out certain types of exposures. And so um, there are a lot of chemicals that are not going to be covered under a standard uh, liability policy. You might have to get a, a, a hand Sorry, I can't think of the right manuscript. A manuscript, thank you. A manuscript <laughs> policy to try and cover those things if that's your business. For example, I have a client who was a painting contractor and they do a lot of business for the government. And one of their um, proposals that came in for their renewal had a list, you know, down the entire page of exclusions that they were not going to cover for different types of chemicals. They're in the research and development business, they're trying to grow their business. And with the type of work that they were doing, it was very problematic. So we had to shop around. They actually ended up having to pay a little bit more to get a policy that didn't have all of those exclusions. I'm sure that uh, you do a lot of work in surplus lines, excess surplus then. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And, yeah. That, that's, there's so much innovation there and I, and, and premium going that way. So that is, um, that's, you know, always a, a great option, but it also means that you're not working with proprietary forums. You're not working with ISO or either working with proprietary often, not ISO forums. So that makes it harder to parse coverage and policy provisions and terms. So, And that, and that is true. But one of the benefits I think we have here in Arizona is that we have a number of different excess and surplus carriers. So there are still options yet available for us. Uh, to be able to seek those things out. That's awesome. So if you had one piece of advice to producers, Big Eye, many, many of our agents 
have under 10 employees. So they're on the smaller side. Mm-hmm. And if you had advice to give to a producer about breaking into the middle market, what would you, especially for our newer producers, and there's so many on board now, what would you, what advice would you give? There's actually a couple of things I'd like to say here. First of all, I would like to say persevere. Uh, being able to persevere through challenging times uh, is really differentiator uh, among individuals. Uh, then I would tell you that um, as I was researching for this broadcast, I came across an article from July of 2023 that was titled Differentiating Distribution to Boost Middle Market Commercial Insurance Partnerships and Production. Uh, the article was very interesting, uh, and I provided uh, Nancy with the link for the uh, show notes. Uh, I would like to uh, note, however, it, that it discusses uh, mergers and acquisitions of agencies and brokerages and how these activities can be game-changing, not just for those agents and brokers, but also for middle market uh, customers and carriers. The article in part states, and I quote, while small business policies are largely commoditized and sold off the shelf by main street agencies and jumbo accounts are predominantly handled by the largest national and global brokers, the middle market segment remains very much in play and could hold a great potential for profit, profitable growth through innovation and differentiation beyond the price of insurance. And I wanted to point this out because the good news is in this middle market space, there is so much opportunity for our agents and our brokers that can uh, really work with their clients to understand the business, to develop, to develop uh, risk opportunity in addition to risk mitigation and really be able to grow your agencies and your book of business and become one of those premier agents uh, that everybody envies. Right. And, and so keep your eyes open for those opportunities because they're there. You just need to ferret them out. Well, one of the things I tell newer producers is to use your background. So if you're coming from a background in contracting, for example, or a background in trucking, you have some familiarity or maybe maybe your husband is a is a contractor. Use that background to join an association that's that like a contracting association or a, a local trucking association and use that background to build inroads in that field. Because I truly believe, and and I I spent some time on Twitter with a lot of the younger agents coming into the market, and they really believe in niche marketing and creating a niche. Because we can't, today, insurance is so complex that even selling a bop can become problematic if you know, you're not kind of gearing it toward the niche that that contractor or that that business owner works in. So I think that's great advice. And and uh, that article will be helpful, I'm sure. Absolutely. And I and just as a side note, when we talk about artificial intelligence there, I believe, is a place for AI in our industry to be able for an individual to go online and be able to purchase their auto insurance, purchase their homeowners insurance. Uh, you know, purchase 
uh, coverage that is not complex. But I think the good news is that even with artificial intelligence, we as, as brokers and risk management professionals and as educators and whatnot, uh, there will still be a place for us because you cannot, even with machine learning, they will not learn the base of knowledge that you can have in your head under any circumstance. And so I think good news, we're always going to be able to be to keep finding those opportunities and to keep growing our businesses. I agree. I think it's all about educating and that you become that go-to resource. For example, around tax time, I'm going to pick up the phone and call my accountant. But all year long, I should be talking to my insurance agent at least quarterly to update payroll and revenue. Revenue and payroll changed remarkably, especially for contractors and other businesses during COVID. And so if you're not uh, you know, updating those payrolls and your your income, um, you're going to end up with surprises at audit, usually that you don't like. So I, I totally agree. And if I if I may, Nancy, one other thing that I would like to add that is something that I just found out very recently, as recently as as the end of last week, there is a new law that our middle market agents need to be aware of and can share with their uh, clients. And I'm personally going to post it on LinkedIn, but it's called the Corporate Transparency Act. And it was an act that was established and went into effect at the beginning of 2024 that its intent, as I understand it, and I haven't read the entire act, but as I understand it, is to uh, curtail and stop money laundering and fraudulent activities and things of that nature. So it's really important for you to, because that is an exposure because if organizations don't register as they're required, they will be facing fines. And I'm not sure if it's daily fines or one fine or a monthly fine or what have you, but it is an exposure that uh, business will face if they don't handle it very much like they used to, you know, years ago with the Medicare um, Section 101. So uh, just a little side note to be aware of. Well, thank you. That's a great piece of uh, information. Well, I thought we could ask you one final question, if that's okay with you. Sure. Okay, this is something everybody's been wondering about. When is this hard market going to end? What's your prediction? Now, Nancy, <laughs> you know us. You know us as well as uh, as lawyers. We the answer is always it depends. But I would I would tell you, I think there's a couple of factors that come into play. First of all, it's an election year. So I think that is one thing. And I think the economic environment certainly has um, an impact on this. I think also climate change and the discussion around climate change can also have an impact in this area. I think if I were going to predict, I think the good news is we've seen the worst of the hard market for this cycle. As we know, it's a, this is a cyclical business and it will come around again. But I think we've seen the worst of it. I think I'm expecting that we're on the downside and things will stabilize over the next year or so. Hopefully, um, we'll be out of it in, a, in another year. I sure hope so. They've certainly been taken right. We know that. That is true. That okay. is true. But I would just offer, and and as a person that works in this industry, uh, I I expect this and I feel that you're going to pay what's appropriate regardless of whether it's a soft market or a hard market. So how you manage your business 
really, and and for our friends uh, at the agencies, how your clients manage their business can really truly affect what their level of premium dollars are and how they're rated. And so I would encourage everyone to make sure that you're you're doing what you possibly can to mitigate risk, to document what you're doing, if you're doing training, et cetera, to document it, and to get to know your underwriters. Right. Uh, because they're the ones that make those final decisions ultimately. And I think that it's important for them to understand where your heart is in your business so that if they can give you a break, they'll be inclined to do that. And I think that the, it's up to agents to put forth the best face on a business with really thorough. Right now, underwriters have piles on their desks, just stacks and stacks uh, or in their inbox. And they are looking at the best organized uh, proposals, the, the most complete applications first. Um, quite frankly, if if you send in a sloppy admission, it's going to go to the bottom of the pile and we can't afford that. So, well. Anything else you'd like to add? Well, and just to that point, give them everything that you can possibly provide to them. Because it, the easier you make their job, the more inclined they're, they're going to be to give you uh, the best that they can. So. Yep. It's it's still a relationship business, isn't it, Sandra? Absolutely. And on you know, a final comment, I would say that it is a relationship business. No matter how much technology we have, no matter how many telephones you have, no matter how many computers, iPads, what have you, it's still a relationship business. People still like to be treated like they're important and that they mean something. And, and those relationships really are. So I would encourage you to get out, take them, take your clients to lunch, you know, send them a card for their birthday. Whatever that might be, the smallest gesture can make the difference. I think I think it's really true. If the only time they hear from you is at renewal or with bad news, that's not that's not good. Well, thank you, Sandra, for sharing your expertise with us today. We know how busy you are and appreciate that you took the time out. The Big Eye Virtual University, including the Ask an Expert service, is available to all Big Eye members on independentagent.com slash VU, where you can find thousands of articles and answers to your technical insurance questions. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Agency Nation Radio, powered by the Big Eye and Trusted Choice. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, make sure that you hit that subscribe button and give us five stars or at least leave us a review. And if you have a story for Agency Nation, contact us at hello at agencynation.com. Agency Nation Radio is where insurance professionals turn on the mic and share unscripted stories about leadership, technology, marketing success and failure, stories that help make them the professionals they are today. From Main Street USA to the pages of The Independent Agent Magazine, we've got the stories you want to hear. For more, catch Agency Nation Radio on your favorite streaming platform or visit iamagazine.com slash podcasts.